podcast, Why Are UFOs Top Secret? With expert Bob Bria. Edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. Army officers say the missile, found sometime last week, has been inspected at Roswell, New Mexico, and sent to Wright Field, Ohio, for further inspection. Bob, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. You want to do a little uh, UFOs today? Yeah, I think we should talk about this uh, little problem that the... Uh U.S. officials have with this subject, they keep coming up with this silly weather balloon story. You know, a couple of years ago, we had these uh, pilots that uh, were reporting, uh, you know, these uh, sightings of uh, objects traveling above the uh, USS Nimitz off the coast of California, and they uh, these sightings received a lot of publicity. Sightings by pilots? I mean, who... Who are pilots to know what what can fly and what can't fly and what what type of uh, vehicle it could be and stuff like that? Yeah, they they, they, they don't take any special uh, courses about that stuff. They take a driver's okay. test, you know, and that's a, that's equivalent to uh, <laughs> flying around in the air. It would be like a bad dream, wouldn't it, to take a, a flight a flight test and you did, you had no training. You just wake up and you're in. All right, let's go. Let's Here's go, the keys. Yeah, it's just This is how you turn the, the plane on. I put them in here, right? I, I put them here, right? No, nope, yeah. that's the wrong hole. So, so back to the to the pilot's enthusiasm, um, which really raised my uh, interest uh, mm-hmm. to hear to hear excitement coming from pilots who uh, uh, don't see things like this very frequently, and uh, when they reported these. Uh, these sightings into their superior officers, um, I'm sure that they uh, took them very serious. But uh, the press, which is controlled by the authorities, uh, downplayed these uh, sightings as just uh, drones or some space junk. And uh, a couple of years later, which we find ourselves in now, and uh, we see these sightings being reported again, and um, the same story is being pushed out that this is uh, space junk. But the uh, the crucial sentence that was pr- pr- printed in the newspaper said most objects are space junk, which leaves you to wonder what are they remaining with the other most. The two or three percent that are not uh, space junk. Yeah. What those are the things that I'm interested. Depends in. Depends on what the meaning of most is. Huh? Yeah, most. <laughs> so, in other words, there's there's multiple. There are there are others. <laughs> it's a collective well, yeah, word. You, you you have the the Pentagon version, and then you have the uh, public's version. You know, and 
you know, it, it's just a question of uh, believability. Uh, we're supposed to believe the U.S. authorities because they're the ones that are, uh, you know, have the power to uh, control this kind of uh, information. So we're, we're trusting that the truth is being uh, given to us. But uh, it turns out that uh, the subject is uh, a lot more complicated than people realize. I wish it was uh, just a, a subject of... Uh, you know, intergalactic uh, space travelers coming here, and uh, we not we're not knowing what they want, so we're just keeping it uh, keeping it quiet until we do know what they want. But uh, apparently, uh, we're here seventy five years later, and uh, we're still uh, being kept in the dark. And uh, that's why I bring they up this. Like a, I'm sure they left behind some kind of special walkie talkie where we could contact them, right? Yes, <laughs> which uh, to to the point, um, there was a um, an action taken by the U.S. authorities to try to uh, communicate with these uh, creatures, and uh, th- this was implemented uh, years uh, after the Roswell crash, when we had more sightings occurring, and um, the. Uh, the accumulation of these sightings led to a, uh, a more uh, secretive uh, agenda. And uh, this agenda is still up in the air as far as knowing what they are keeping from the public. This, this, uh, this uh, presence that uh, we find ourselves in, uh, the E.T., uh, arriving in this uh, atmosphere in the 40s, uh, we were subjected to uh, an observation point. We were being observed, like we would observe ants, you know, on a on a on a tree. Uh, we're being examined by uh, ET. Plenty of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know, like I, I I keep saying the 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 controversy surrounding the reality of this subject is based on uh, I guess the fear that the public would not accept this uh, reality uh, comfortably that there would be uh, chaos and anarchy and rise in crime you know and uh, you know we do have these problems today you know and uh, I often ask myself why um, do we have uh, political problems when when the possibility exists that a bigger body, bigger than the Congress, is is in charge of things? I've often wondered uh, who really pulls the strings in the White House. Uh, it certainly uh, is up for debate. And uh, today, anybody that's out there listening uh, is welcome to uh, ask questions on um, the uh, possibility that we may never be told what these creatures want uh, because there's no communication available. Um, There was a process put into effect called Project Aquarius, which uh, some people involved in the subject have made request through the Freedom of Information Act on this Project Aquarius. 
And the uh, the interesting things that that came out of these requests were controversial because one request came that said there was no such thing as Project Aquarius. And then another request to the Freedom of Information Act uh, said that this this uh, Project Aquarius was discontinued. <laughs> so there's a, there's a uh, interesting <laughs> statement yeah. there. So you have one statement that sounds like uh, they're lying, and the other statement right. sounds like uh, <laughs> they're telling you uh, the it's truth, proving the existence. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, you know the 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 body of uh, evidence that exists to support a cover up is is not easy to detect it's very clandestine the uh, the actual appointment to create this committee in the 40s uh by president truman was no no regular executive order. It was a classified executive order signed on September 24th, 1947. Uh, The uh, debris, which was picked up by the military in the the following weeks after the the Roswell uh, craft was uh, marked for... uh, retrieval um mm-hmm. the, the the this media you know created a sensation and uh by the by the military appointing um uh, a, a spokesperson to reveal that this was a, a misguided weather balloon created more problems <laughs> for the uh, for the military because that story didn't sit well and they pushed it down the throats of publishers and newspaper articles and you know just try to you know dissuade people from taking this subject serious and it actually has worked pretty well because the controversy of of whether a committee could have been put together that would put this subject in a top secret classification two points higher than the manhattan project People find it uh, too hard to believe, and I've had uh, groups of people over the years who I've uh, brought this uh, this attention of this is the biggest story of our lives. Yes, yes, we're we're interested in our you know inflation, and we're interested in our uh, everyday lives for uh, you know uh, things that we we take for, for granted, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the the fact that, that that we could be under some kind of uh, surveillance for unknown reasons, <laughs> we, you know, I, I've had this discussion with uh, people in the field that have uh, published books and uh, have a lot more um, to say about it. So I, I use uh, I use my influence of uh, my background on this subject uh, to uh, create conversation you know and i and i want to hear people mm-hmm. try to uh understand the subject that's why i created this podcast you know it's it's uh if it was just easy like i say to to say well we got creatures here who want to want to talk to us but uh they don't know how to talk 
You know, maybe <laughs> they they maybe they deal with telepathy. Maybe they they're way beyond linguistic. You know, There's communication. There's a button on the metaverse. There's a button on the metaverse. <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> we, we we fail as humans to to think out of our box. You know, the the favorite expression of, uh, you know, how advanced are these creatures? Are they just a hundred years advanced? Are they a thousand years advanced over us? Human nature is such a, an interesting term in itself because those commercials like before and after when somebody's trying to lose weight right i've been seeing those my whole life and they must work because they're still on tv <laughs> yeah it works for the nature, people you know we just re- repeat ourselves you know we probably have some of the same tendencies that the cavemen had and one of them is to you know to your point just that it's you have to have some imagination first of all you know and i just think there's certain people certain genetic makeups of brains that just can't process this stuff i don't know that that don't you know some people can't can't watch uh a a, a movie like lord of the rings because it's not their style they want to see a romantic comedies right so they just don't maybe have the imagination for it i don't know i mean you you and i sit around and think about this stuff all the time because we can't help it it just it's once it gets on you (laughs) yeah the, 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 pulling me into this. <laughs> yeah. You have enough things to think about. The, it's the, been, a lot, the, it's been a, lot, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I like, I like the topic a lot because it's so different. There's nothing like it that has this much, um, you know, evidence, but no way to actually prove it, you know? So it just makes it makes it so fun to discuss because there's so many different aspects to it, and it's it's intriguing. Well, uh, uh, Rob, as as a uh, an, a private investigator, I call myself. I I've come to realize that evidence not not necessarily has to be physical. You know, it it, it can have a, a paper form because um, lots of that, huh? Yeah, because of uh, classification. Uh, on security matters, um, they have. Uh, I've noticed over the decades that I've analyzed uh, the discussions that military people have when they discuss things that are very classified. They have a, a certain language that they use, and uh, there's certain words that apply to cover anything important so that they can actually discuss some of these classified topics in front of people that aren't, aren't cleared to hear it. And by using certain language, like kind of like, yeah, it's a talking point uh, language that, that is used, used mostly in uh, discussing classified topics. And uh, in, in reviewing papers that I have in my collection, I've noticed uh, a favorite word that that's used very very frequently, and that word is the word matter, M A T T E R. Now, in language use, you can apply that word to a uh, a broad um, topic, uh, and. Uh, and it's and when you're discussing it, it doesn't sound broad because you don't actually know what you're talking about. So if you're not 
cleared to know the subject itself. So that's why there's clearance uh, uh, levels in government. You know, they have top secret, they have confidential, they have classified and restricted and security information. All these different levels of of security uh, keep keep information from uh, leaking out. And uh, talking about leaks, well, yeah, I mean, w- what about the whole? If you look at it over time and you really dig into this information as you have, like if I say, oh, no, it didn't happen, then that's pretty clean. But if I say, well, I'm not allowed to give you that information because it's an ongoing investigation, <laughs> that's a, <laughs> you're yeah. going to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> right? like, no, yeah. yeah, you put your foot in your more mouth. to the story. You didn't just say no. And then at a certain point, that's what they did. They said, oh, we're no longer investigating. UFOs. Yeah. Well, you notice that they, the government they had to face this so many times that some some nerd in you know in some office is releasing some document and doesn't know what else has been released on the topic and maybe is not an expert and makes a little bit of a mistake. It's it's an accidental admission, right? Mm-hmm. What you're talking about? Yeah. You know, when when people are cleared, they they have a an advantage because. They know more than you know, you know, and uh, that that phrase that you hear commonly used, uh, the need to know, the need to know, the the uh, when you when you apply that to this subject, the need to know is not great enough as the need not to know. Apparently, so so the the need not to know is more important than the need to know, and. Uh, the word matter, okay, in in regard to a, a couple of papers that uh, have surfaced, uh, use this word so frequently that when I look back in retrospect at what they're allegedly talking about, I say to myself, no wonder no one knows about this subject because they have such a clever language that, that they can use and it's fed to the media, which in turn is fed to the public. And uh, in the um, the case of 1952, where these objects were actually flying over the White House, I mean, I mean, this is this is big stuff that these objects were seen flying over the White House. And we sent up interceptors. And when these interceptors uh, flying uh, close to the White House, uh, these objects uh, took off, you know. And then when these uh, planes, uh, the jet planes flew back to their uh, base, these objects returned back over the area in the White House. So as a result of this uh, calamity night, the biggest uh, press conference since World War II was held. And of all people to make a, a press uh, conference mm-hmm. was a man by name of uh, General John Stanford. And uh, 
In his press release, he tries to explain uh, that these objects uh, were misguided uh, atmospheric uh, conditions uh, due to the uh, the weather patterns, and you know, and, and this matter. He used the word matter seventeen times in his press release to cover the the the, the subject of UFOs. I mean, it, it was kind of comical to see. How many times he used that word in this press release, and and it turns out that this fella Stanford, or Sanford, was a majestic twelve member. So, I mean, I I I was uh, flabbergasted when I found this out too, because he has a there's a picture in one of my books with. Uh, General Ramey standing or sitting right next to Stanford. And General Ramey was the officer who stood next to General uh, Jesse Marcel with the weather balloon in 1947 and, and used this uh, photograph to be published to wipe out the, uh, the theory that uh, the Army had repossessed a uh, flying disc. So uh, the, the the fact that General Ramey was at this uh, press conference in 1952 with another official from uh, the Majestic 12 group, I find that very coincin- uh, coincidental and uh, too coincidental because um, this subject has uh, such a high classification on it that the uh, the people on the lower levels that have to um, decide on whether this paperwork has to be uh, cleared for uh, the archives and mm-hmm. presidential libraries, some of these people aren't even aware of the level that this subject had at the time. So when they do their they do their uh, clearing process. They themselves aren't even aware of some of the things. That's why during the research that uh, Mr. Stanton Friedman uh, did in trying to validate these uh, these leaked documents, um, he was um, thumbing through these files and uh, these papers that uh, came came to his possession. Mm-hmm. One of them uh, was a reference to a change in a meeting at the White House on a Majestic 12 group that was supposed to have a a meeting change. Uh, The date or the timing was uh, adjusted. And uh, this this paper is is famously called uh, the the Twining Cutler Memo. And... uh, when you when you find out who this person uh, Cutler was, he was the chief of staff for the for the White House at the time. So he was adjusting a meeting that was alleged to transpire, and uh, the adjustment was to be made appropriately. And uh, no discussion in the in the in the memo of what this meeting was about. But the fact that the mention of MJ-12 was 
was talked about in this uh, memo is we're is, talking about you know family travel plans. And, yeah, yeah, and, going and to Florida tennis, and having tennis. a nice vacation. And so you know, it's it, it's 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 taken so long to to find out information about this subject, but when you do find out and and you, and you find out that it all points to a very complicated uh, cover up of this subject for what reason what could the possible reason be for this secrecy be uh, it, it just can't be just based on uh, the premise that uh, the the public is going to panic and go berserk there has to be something more sinister in my opinion uh, to this, uh, Dennis Rodman is an is an alien. Is <laughs> <laughs> we we have people in the in the field who have uh, continued Damn good to defensive pr- player. <laughs> yeah, we have we have people that joke about the subject, and we have other people that are very serious about it. And one of them uh, died last year. Uh, his name was Stanton Friedman, and uh, he was a nuclear physicist who I greatly respected because of his. Uh, his work on uh, looking into this uh, leaked document for validation. But um, the, the person who has uh, sort of taken up his, uh, his quest for the truth is a woman named Linda Moulton Howell. And uh, she's been uh, on numerous television shows and, uh, I've been at her home. I did an interview with her uh, about 25 years ago, and I respect her uh, work. I find that uh, she has uh, a very uh, curious uh, attitude towards uh, how, how suppressed this subject is. Uh, she covers not only the, uh, the, the field of... Uh, Ufology, but she also covers the uh, crop circles in England and uh, the uh, cattle mutilations that have been discovered since the 70s, which have continued for decades. And um, her her work into discovering uh, more information about it has uh, drawn in a lot of other investigators who find her uh, her work very uh, important. And uh, one of the things that she really uh, takes uh, uh, a very strong interest in is this uh, the second leaked document that re- that uh, came out called the SOM manual for majestic operations and it's it's a little longer than the eisenhower briefing document that uh, came out but um, its importance is so uh detailed in its uh, explanation of operational duties that uh you know I, when i first read it i i was like wow this is really deep and detailed this 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 all fits into a very complicated operation called Majestic, and uh, Majestic is uh, it could still be in in progress today under a different name, because when the sure. uh, 
when the documents were leaked, they got, uh, you know, a lot of publicity, and uh, especially in the uh, ufology field, uh, until we got more uh, confirmation on the uh, credibility of these of these papers, uh, they remained uh, controversial. But uh, they've been out now since the 80s. And uh, Stanton Friedman, uh, and uh, and you were, you know, as it relates to this topic of ETs, right? I have a quote mm-hmm. for you. In an interview in 2011, uh, Stanton Friedman said, most people agree with him once they hear the evidence. And his quote is, despite the false claims of a small group of nasty, noisy neg- negativists, most people accept E.T. reality, even though they think most others don't. I check my audiences and find at the end of my lecture that about 10% of the attendees have had a sighting. But, but you know, 90% of those don't report it out of fear of ridicule. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to lift the laughter curtain. So there you have me. I'm the one that laughs all the time. <laughs> yeah. But well, um, sometimes uh, we need a little laugh because this subject is very uh, disturbing. <laughs> I used to laugh at the, the fact that there were so many reports coming in uh, from pilots uh, years ago when I, when I began reading uh, intensely about this subject. I, I kind of laughed and said, uh, uh, how come all these pilots are uh, uh, rep- repeating the same description mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, of these uh, m- 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 movements of these objects? And uh, I started to uh, yeah, was come to the conclusion. You know, people from the fringe of society that may have something to gain by, you know, the National Enquirer paying them 500 bucks for their story or something. Yeah. You, know, you string a bunch of those together. That's one thing. But pilots that go through an intense training and and have and it's and kind of and have to have a lot of skill to begin with. And there's only certain people that can do it. You know. And th- these, yeah, th- th- this is not a five a hour. More, uh, there's a little more credence to military pilots than your average fringe, you know, homeless person <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, one of my uh, my cousins is a pilot uh, for. Uh, American uh, uh, American Eagle, I think that's the uh, the, uh-huh. the company, and uh, he, you know, he uh, he has told me stories uh, when I've uh, visited him. He knows my interest in this subject, and he's told me that he's he's got friends that are pilots that have seen things that fit the same description that the pilots uh, off the coast of uh, California describe too. So the, 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 these descriptions are consistent overall, um, whether they're pilots from the, the, the private sector or from the military sector. There's a consistency in it. And um, in 1964, uh, a uh, civilian group called a NICAP, which stood for the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomenon, and they were a uh, an early uh, UFO uh, group that uh, looked into this subject and started collecting pilots' reports. And uh, they published a book called The UFO Evidence back in 64. And uh, I was able to pick up a copy of it in a, in a bookstore in Long Island that just handled uh, old books. 
and I saw this book, and I picked it up immediately and uh, thumbed through it, and I saw a whole list of pilots' reports, and I said, oh, this looks like a good book. So, uh, so I picked it up, I took it home, started reading through it, and uh, I was just blown away, not only from the pilots' reports, but from the companies and the different areas that these pilots came from. Some were, some were from Eastern Airlines, some were from TWA, some were from, you know, all the different airlines that we had. Uh, and some were from military. And uh, what, what drew them all together was their description of what they saw in the air. Zip, zip, uh, zipping around and accelerating at high rates of speed. Those descriptions fit the same descriptions that the pilots off the coast of California gave, you know, 70 years later. So I was like, wow, funny how the same reports are coming out, and yet the, the weather balloon story is still the same. So either the, either the, the U.S. authorities are, are got themselves into a pickle because uh, they can't keep uh, – keep pushing this story, but yet they seem to do that. When uh, this article came out about the uh, space junk, I read the article uh, closely. I read it a second time, and I got that same old feeling about, you know, not wanting to uh, attribute these objects to anything significant. So by putting the word most on the sentence that these things are mostly space junk. I, I said, hmm, what about the other 10%? What are they? <laughs> so so that leaves you open right. to the suspicion that they're, they're, they're still continuing this lie about being visited. <laughs> it's and what the motivation. Admission yeah. by omission. And, and exactly. Yeah, the, the, the lie is bigger than the... the, the, the yeah, it's why recorded. it's why people get caught lying eventually. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you can only tell a lie, you know, once, I mean, and yeah, uh, eventually things, you know, yeah, especially when it's not. It's not like there's one person in charge of informing the public. There's yeah, all there's and, agencies. Uh, there's the posi- There's private companies. There's private individuals. It's, it's and now with uh, with 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 our cell phones, although we still can't really. It's still hard to video or photograph anything of substance. It really that's that far away and stuff like that. Hmm. I'd like to uh, it's wishful to. Uh, I'd like to suggest uh, as a closing uh, suggestion uh, a couple of books that uh, the public uh, would be well to uh, read uh, because they would uh, cut the cut the uh, the junk away and get to the truth a little faster. And those books are, one of them is called Kennedy's Last Stand by Michael Salas, S-A-L-L-A. He's a Ph.D., wrote this book, Kennedy's Last Stand, excellent book. It's been labeled a uh, conspiracy theory, of course, because it it touches on this... uh, this subject of extraterrestrial visitation and all the, uh, the people that uh, got dragged into this subject, uh, maybe not at their own uh, decision, 
but they were brought into it because of uh, necessity. And uh, once they were informed of this uh, operation, Majestic, uh, they didn't agree with the the silencing of this information that that should be shared with the public. And uh, I think this book uh, really reveals a lot of that inside information. The the author did a a fantastic job. Uh, Needless to say, he's... uh, you know, considered a conspiracy theorist. Uh, uh, all the people that talk about truth are considered conspiracy theorists, you know. Uh, the other book that I think is very good to read is a book called uh, The UFO and the Presidents. And um, it's um, it goes through from the FDR all the way to Obama and how each president has handled this subject, and I think it's a uh, it's a great find. That's really uh, I've a, read it. a nice entry point because it's uh, it's kind of interesting, right? Yeah, because it really fills it in from the top, <clears throat> and uh, I, I've I've recommended it to a few people who have attended my uh, lectures, and uh, they agreed with me that every uh, every uh, American should read it <laughs> because. Uh, it, it handles how both parties had to handle a classified subject, you know, uh, and uh, uh, quite unique in the uh, office of the presidency that two parties had to handle something that uh, each each side had different agreements on, you know. And uh, the other book that I highly recommend is uh, – Top Secret Magic by Stanton Friedman, which is a definitive uh, analysis of these uh, the Eisenhower briefing document, which is now available on um, you know the internet. You can go to uh, the Black Vault and uh, punch in Majestic Papers, and uh, all this stuff should flow to the website and. Uh, I think in order to grasp the, the significance of this uh, complicated subject, the, the diving into it uh, head first and trusting my my recommendations on which which papers to to read and uh, provide some truth, um, you know the truth is out there. You've heard that statement for years. And it certainly is. It's it's in the libraries. It's in the archives, and it's in the in the consciousness of people who have uh, dealt with this uh, problem, and they've had to either keep it quiet and not be called loonies, yeah. or, or uh, j- just uh, take you know, a trust risk. their yeah, trust it's their own words. judgment, <laughs> confidence. Yeah, that's that's key. Definitely. Yeah. But, you know, because I can see scenarios where people have seen things and then after a few weeks doubt themselves more and more and then until it goes away and they never talk about it. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I mean, so, I, it, uh, it happened a little bit to me when when I had my sighting, which is very far away. But it was, you know, I talked about it before, but mm-hmm. only because I I kind of explained it away and then I looked at it again and then it just really I was like, no, these are not man-made, you know, 
um, only because I kind of questioned myself at that moment and reaffirm what I saw, did, did it really stick with me? Or I would have forgotten over time and just that your memory gets fuzzy. I don't know if it's selective <laughs> memory yeah. or what it is. <laughs> yeah, it, something just, it blocks it out. Yeah. There's something a little disturbing to human nature with this topic. And, and you know, you don't really know how your brain is going to take that wholly. <laughs> well, each of our episodes have touched on uh, different aspects of this uh this uh, phenomenon, you know, whether it be from the ancient point of view to the modern point of view, uh, we we as uh, Homo sapiens have uh, a lot to uh, be thankful for, and we have a lot to worry about too, because uh, we do live on a planet, you know, as much as we sometimes forget, and and that and that planet is turning at about. 1,000 miles an hour as we sit here and have our coffee every morning. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we sometimes uh, forget that the planet is spinning. I didn't believe that for a long time. <laughs> There's still some that don't, apparently. Yeah, they still think <laughs> some the world that may, is flat. May, may listen to this podcast, and hey, well, you know, that's subject for a whole other podcast. It's not something we cover, so flat earth and all that. <laughs> so, we, so, so we want to check out this weekend, and thank you for uh, tuning in, and uh, we will see you next week. Uh, we got back on our uh, schedule. and I Yeah, think, we're back, uh, guys. UFOstopsecret.com. Check in with Check us. Check us out. We may be switching to a new format. We'll probably keep on with the Podbean, but there's some stuff in the works we'll let you know about. We have and some very, always, interesting, very yeah. interesting guests coming up. So um, That too. And yeah. as always, you can send messages directly to Bob by emailing us at ufostopsecret at protonmail.com. ufostopsecret at protonmail.com. It's been a pleasure, Bob. Thank you very much. Don't forget, keep your eyes up and your mind open. We'll see you next week. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. Army officers say the missile, found sometime last week, has been inspected at Roswell, New Mexico, and sent to Wright Field, Ohio, for further inspection. Discovered the podcast Why Are UFO? 